The information discussed in this episode is intended as general information only. It is not intended for one-on-one medical advice, and you should always consult your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. And if you like the content discussed in this episode, please go leave a review so that others can benefit from it as well. I am a woman on a mission that is dedicated to teaching you just how powerful your body was built to be. I like to do that by bringing you the latest science, the greatest thought leaders, and applicable steps that help you tap into your own internal healing power. The purpose of this podcast is to give you the power back and help you believe in yourself again. My name is Dr. Mindy Pels, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Okay, resetters, Jessica and Dr. Mindy here, and we are going to talk about a topic that we haven't brought to you guys. We haven't brought it to the podcast. We haven't brought it to the YouTube channel, yet these two chemicals literally control your life. So I am really excited to talk about dopamine and serotonin with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And it was a really informational like packed interview. It is, it's funny because when you think of dopamine and serotonin, those are two neurotransmitters that like make you happy. But as you're going to see in this interview with Dr. Barter, there is a lot to unpack that's very science-based around these two neurotransmitters. Yeah. And it's interesting that I can't believe we've never talked about it on any platform. You have a whole wall dedicated to neurotransmitters. I know. I didn't even show, I, I didn't even show her my, my neurotransmitter wall. That would have been a great idea. I've talked about dopamine fasting on my YouTube channel and I've done some analysis or gone down rabbit holes of research about how do you reset your dopamine receptor sites through fasting. And we talked about that here on this interview. But as far as the production of dopamine, the production of serotonin, I really love that we brought on a neurotransmitter expert so that we can bring this, it's pivotal, really key information to our resetter public. Absolutely. Well, and you love dopamine. So. I love dopamine. <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> I, I will do anything to get more dopamine for sure. I know you will. I know. <laughs> so, okay, let me read you a little bit about Dr. Barter so you know who I'm talking to. So Dr. Barter is a chiropractor and she's gone on under a extensive training, applied kinesiology. She's done 400 extra classroom hours as certified in applied kinesiology. And I know there's a lot of you out there that go to AK practitioners and and love them. She also studied under Dr. Karazian, who is actually incredibly brilliant when it comes to functional blood chemistry, when it comes to understanding the neuroendocrine system. So she quotes him and talks about him quite a bit in, in here. She has a very interesting background. She did not come to chiropractic from a place of thinking that was a career she wanted. She fell into it after discovering that she really hated the job that she was in. And she'll talk a little bit about that. But she's developed this really unique expertise in neurotransmitters. And what I think I loved perhaps the most about this conversation is how much she talked about the interferences to the natural production of these two neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. and what you can do to remove things from your body so that you will get the production of the neurotransmitters you were born to have. 
Yeah, she was more on removing sources than taking something to help your dopamine or serotonin production. She really emphasized that. Yeah, and I and I really love that because you guys that have fasted with us, you know that when you take food out of the equation, the body heals. Yep. Well, same thing with the brain and the neurochemistry of the brain. When you take certain chemical interferences out, we always think of emotional experiences that need to go away in order for us to be happy. But we really dove into the chemical interferences that were really slowing down the production of those two key neurotransmitters. So we're really excited to bring Dr. Barter to you and all of her information is in the show notes. So you guys can go find her if this if this topic resonates with you. And as always, we hope that this type of information gives you belief back in yourself again. I think my parting words before I launch into the interview is just remember that if you aren't happy, if you are not satisfied, that often your life doesn't have to change in order for you to feel happy, in order for you to feel satisfied, it may be as simple as changing your neurochemistry. And that's what we're going to dive into in this episode. So enjoy. Hey, Recenters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy. And I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash reset academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash reset academy. Excited to see you there. Let's start off with this. You, your first profession wasn't as a chiropractor, was it? 
No. Isn't that so crazy how we all get started? No, it wasn't actually. Initially worked for Lockheed Martin. When I was in college, I thought, wow, I really want to be a high corporate executive. That's what I wanted to strive for. That's what I really wanted to do. Walked into Lockheed Martin on the first day. I remember having my sister on the phone (laughs) and I told her and I quote, she reminds me of this. Wow, this is so not for me. (laughs) Walked in, you know, worked there for a while and just really didn't enjoy it. I did negotiations for major systems and it was fine, but it just wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. I wasn't excited about it. And at the time, you know, natural medicine and chiropractic had actually changed my life pretty dramatically. And so that's really where my passion was. And, and really what I wanted to teach people about was how far I had come. And so negotiating and beating up small businesses for a living just didn't feel that rewarding. And that's really what what made the change. And so I worked at Lockheed during the day and I finished my prerequisites at night. And so it wow. was it was a really tough time. I, I was gone. I was was sitting in my work desk chair at 6 a.m. and I would get home to my house at somewhere around 10 30 a.m. after like the entire day. It was it was a pretty brutal schedule. But I feel like, I definitely feel like it was well worth it to be able to help people versus hustling them for a living. Interesting. What was your undergraduate degree in? Business. So I did business management. Isn't that interesting? I almost was a double major in business management, business marketing. I think I was a class or two short. Just I was just done. I was over it. So yeah, that was my undergrad. It's so funny how we like think we have one course for our life that right. is like the proper course to go, and then we find out that hey, you know what? There's no passion here. I was actually going to be a journalism major. And I sat, I I was a year into journalism, into that major. And I sat in in a class, a TV and broadcast class. And they pulled in, back in those days, they pulled in a big TV, like it wheeled it in because we didn't have flat screens back (laughs) then. (laughs) And they showed a video of the MTV video of that song, Dirty Laundry. Do you remember that song? Pick them, kick them when they're down, kick them when they're up. <laughs> and, and the instructor says, I just want you to see what it's like to be a journalist major. And basically it was how you get the story no matter what. You don't, if you hurt the person, don't worry. And from that moment, I that exact class, I got up and I unenrolled from the journalism school and I enrolled in exercise physiology was my undergraduate. You know, what's interesting is my initial thought before I majored in business was I wanted to do PR. And I remember walking into my first PR class, had a very similar experience. I went in there and the guy was like, this is a terrible career choice. This is a terrible job. If you want to get beat up for a living, do this job. If you want to not get a job, do this job. If you want to make pennies on the dollar, do this job. This is worthless. And he just like ranted. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm out. I think not I'm for me. This is terrifying. I don't know what just happened, but I'm not interested. And I, it was kind of the same type of experience. And he, he just basically said, I don't know why you guys have enrolled in this class. Yeah. So, and I think those are like divine moments because, you know, how much do you love your job now? I love my job. I I love it. I think that, I think the downside of our job is that we definitely help to a fault or we push Mm. ourselves to a fault to like really 
want to do more for the patient sometimes than the so patient true. wants to do for themselves. But the other side of it is amazing. You get to see results that nobody else has done. You get to see changes in their life, like beyond their health, outside of their health. You get to see their marriage change. You Mm -hmm. get to see their whole entire lifestyle change. And I think that that is the part is incredibly rewarding. And people tell you, you know this as well as I do, they tell you over and over again that they've gotten their life back or that they actually feel good about themselves or they're doing things that they haven't done in years. Like suddenly I exercise again and I didn't used to exercise or I actually have a good marriage, you know, or I'm the same size I was when I was in my 20s and I'm now in my 60s and I'm going through menopause. I mean, that's, those are powerful life-changing experiences. Or if I didn't have you, I don't know what I would do. Actually, Mm -hmm. I had a patient today that said, I'd really like to move to, you know, XYZ country to retire, but I don't think I can leave you. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I love that that's a concern or a decision. That's hilarious. (laughs) But you know that as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you feel the same way. Yeah. You know, I've been in practice for 25 years now. And I always say that when I was first in practice, people would come in and they were still very stuck in this, like, what pill are you going to give me kind of mentality. And I was 26 when I graduated and I looked like a baby and people were like, like, I don't really know, like if I'm going to trust you. And then fast forward to 25 years later and people come in and they're like, please, I just need to get off these medications. I need to prevent this surgery. I'm tired of being given diagnosis. Like do do something different for me than I've been getting at my general practitioner's office. And that alone is so rewarding. Just to see that changes and to yeah. watch people get off meds and to totally get their life back and not be yeah, dependent on that. I think it's hard because you look young, you know, you look very young. So it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I think the... This is why we brought you on. So you can tell me how young <laughs> yeah, I am. I know, I know. I love this. Thank I'm you. Just I just want my resetter audience to know I didn't pay you to say that. I know. But thank you. <laughs> I like that. You caught me off guard with that one. But I mean, I think, I think that that, that is... Is a huge thing that works against us in practice is when we look younger, I think the respect has also come as I've been in practice longer. You've been in practice longer than I have. I've been in practice 11 years now. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I remember initially when I got into practice, I think I got bullied around a lot more. Same thing, mm-hmm. same pill mentality. And I still see that same idea. Like I have this problem, I have this symptom. How are you going to fix this symptom with a pill? Oh, and you so have to true. re-educate to say, you know, this is about a lifestyle change. This is about changing these things. Well, how long do I have to, you know, intermittent fasting is huge. Like how long do I have to do this intermittent fasting thing? I'm like, oh, like you think that this is like, I'm going to do this for a week and we're going to be good. Like, no, this is not how that works. (laughs) This is a lifestyle change. Or I I stopped drinking alcohol for a week. When do I see weight loss? Absolutely not. (laughs) I mean, I really pared back. I, I drink very, very little alcohol. I really pared back my alcohol consumption. I don't like it. So I'll drink socially very occasionally, probably like six times a year. And I noticed a huge difference in my weight 
huge yes. difference, yeah, but it took sure. a year to yeah. watch, you know, a, a change in my weight of what, six pounds. So, I mean, we're talking, yeah. you know, <laughs> not very much per month when we're like really breaking this out and you have to be patient because everything adds up and everything slowly like comes off. Right. So yeah. just think that there's a lot of impatience that happens, especially in the, the weight loss world specifically. Yeah, I I feel like right now there's a paradigm that's shifting because and part of it is coming from the pandemic and it where when we're presented with a health problem, we are always waiting, whether we realize it or not, for the pill. So if we choose that it's not going to be medication, then give me the supplement or give me like the magic diet or give me the one thing. And here we are, what, five months into a pandemic and nothing's coming. Nothing. And I don't, I mean, if you dive into some of the research on the vaccines, I think it's not coming. The fastest vaccine that we have ever passed through was the mumps vaccine. And it took four years to get that one pass through all the testing. So you have a whole world that's sitting in this discomfort of this moment. And I'm really hoping that we're going to have the opportunity to look at ourselves and say, okay, if the pill's not coming, if this is getting uncomfortable, what can I do right now to make my life better? And I pray that we will come out of this with a new paradigm of health. Yeah, people are scared. There's a lot of fear happening and going around and people are really, really terrified. And I, it's, it's been interesting to me, everything will get back to normal when we get a vaccine. And that may or may not be true, but I, I'm with you. If, if the fastest vaccine has been four years and this vaccine comes out in 18 months, isn't that something that you should stop and pause and say, what's different here? Because these types of vaccines, you know, for viruses can be pretty challenging, especially if it has, you know, I've seen everything in the research to high morphine ability to no morphine ability to, you know, who who knows. So if it's able to morph, I mean, how do you create a vaccine for that? You, right. you don't really. And so that's a challenge. And then we have sort of in the same effectiveness as, you know, the flu vaccine. Right. Yeah, no, it's it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out for sure over the mm-hmm. next couple of months. So I agree. But what I want to dive into and why I brought you on is yeah. I really want to talk about neurotransmitters. So I'm mildly obsessed with neurotransmitters. In fact, we were prior to this interview, Jessica said, well, if you had to get, say what your favorite neurotransmitter is, what, what what would it be? And I was like, well, it's dopamine, of course. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> hello, isn't this what we're all like chasing? But I think that there's so much that happens with our brain that we are not realizing has to do with our lifestyle, that the way our brain thinks, that how we perceive happiness, our level of satisfaction that we have in life, like there's a huge physiological piece to that. And I really want to dive into that with you and help unpack these key neurotransmitters that keep our life really, really in in a blissful place. So, but before we do that, let's start off with, can you just, so we fill everybody in, tell me what a neurotransmitter is so we can kind of keep the audience up to speed with what we're talking about. 
So in a fancy way to say it, they are chemical messengers, okay? So these are things that we generally think of as brain chemicals. And so they make us feel happy. They make us feel, you know, sad, connected. They make us feel worthwhile. They make us feel motivated. It's, they can help us not to crave caffeine or nicotine, whatever it is. So they help with cravings and addictions, but they also are going to just make you feel joyful and happy. And the two that I, I'd i like to talk most about today are serotonin and dopamine, because both of those I think are really, really powerful especially in the food eating realm mm. and also feeling good. And what what I really noticed when I first got into practice and I would give people an elimination diet for 30 days, okay? And and what would happen would the, the patients would be totally on board. I'm on board, I'm ready to go, doc. Yes, I'm excited. Great. I'd follow up with them and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do the diet. I had to have fill in the blank, cookies, cakes, candies, pastas, breads, whatever it is, fill in the blank there, but simple carbohydrates of some sort. And they said over and over again, and I heard this a couple of times, it's not a willpower issue. I was like, okay. And so that makes me think when multiple different patients will say the same thing to you and they said, I just can't, I don't know what it was, but I had to have X, Y, and Z. That really made me stop and think, and I was like, what a powerful statement. These people are so motivated to do this diet, but they tell me that they they can't. So fast forward just a couple of years, and I just want to give my perspective of really how I got into this and how it affected my life. But I remember I was working really long hours and you know, I'm getting I was getting older, right? And so we can pretty much blame everything on getting older and working long hours, right? And so I remember telling people about health every day and driving home and stopping and getting a chocolate chip cookie at the end of the day. And I was like, okay, what's going on? What what's happening in my life that makes me need to do this? And I started really thinking about neurotransmitters. Like I was just so fatigued and so exhausted at the end of the day. And it continued to get worse and worse and worse. And I remember walking into my office one day and sitting in the corner and I just couldn't get it together. I just wasn't good to treat. I took, you know, like something that that increases dopamine, a supplement, and I was like, bing, ready to go. And I couldn't. And at that point in time, I was like, I'm I'm just getting older. I'm just working more. I'm just whatever it was making these excuses. And what it turned out to be was I, I went on vacation and I came back home and I smelled it in my house. And that is mold. Mold, mold. Oh, oh yes. And we have to dive into mold because we will. I, totally. I call it the mold brain and you can see it on people's face mm-hmm. when mold has attacked, there is attacking them. It's quite interesting. So, okay, but can continue because I do want to dive into mold. Yeah. So I was getting more and more fatigued and I was trying to help myself because processed carbohydrates or processed sugar, like I was stopping and getting a chocolate chip cookie are going to spike your neurotransmitters and make you feel good short term. So you're like, bing, I feel good, crash. And then maybe that is going to increase to two chocolate chip cookies, and then maybe three, and then maybe four. And then suddenly you've had a whole pack of, you know, fill in the blank, because I like to really quote 
a Guns N' Roses song when I, when I do this. It says, I used to do a little, but a little wouldn't do it. So the little got more and more. That is about drugs. But <laughs> the premise is Food is a drug. Food is a drug. Yep. And so ultimately you're getting high, you're getting a dopamine high, you're getting a serotonin high off of these things. And a lot of times people don't feel normal and you'll hear this, they don't feel normal unless they have those processed carbohydrates to be able to get through the rest of the day. It's a big, big, big keynote. Your neurotransmitters are tanked. Interesting. So how would you know the difference between like willpower and a deficient neurotransmitter? Because like I'm the kind of person that could push through anything and and yet I could also succumb to a good carbohydrate, even though we, you know, we're very keto friendly in our office and our family. And so how do you, just so people understand, like, is there a way to know when it's illogical and it's an imbalance, a chemical imbalance in the body? And when you just are, for lack of a better way, you're just being lazy and you just need to push through an uncomfortable moment. That's a really great question. In order to figure that out, I generally test because there are there's really two people on the spectrum. There are people like you that push through everything and they're like, yeah, it's okay. I have an arm hanging off. I'm just going to keep <laughs> yep. going. It's fine. Don't bother me. I'm good. <laughs> I'm just going to get some tape. And then, <laughs> And then on the other end of the spectrum, there are people that are definitely more sensitive to the chemical shifts that are going on in their body. And so in, in, so for example, somebody that's pretty stoic, I measured their neurotransmitter levels recently and they're like, really what came up was low serotonin and they had problems with epinephrine and norepinephrine among other things, but just like for the context of this. So I was like, oh, are you having a hard time, you know, feeling happy or, you know, feeling connected? Oh no, not at all. And, but the neurotransmitter levels were just completely in the toilet. And so looking at that, you see, you, you'll see that kind of side of things. And I, I said, I think you'll feel a lot better if this maybe was just slightly improved a little bit, but maybe not. And some people will experience that in maybe the form of pain. And so that's what I potentially thought with this patient. She was feeling a little bit more pain and serotonin helps with your perception of pain at, at an overall level. So, you know, and then other, you know, my neurotransmitters, I'm much like you. I just am like, let's put our bootstraps on. Let's keep going. My neurotransmitters were terrible. Like they were all low. Like if you, and you know, we, yep. we talk about like what, what we need a lot of times or what's important. And right. So, we find the, the thing we yeah. need to do to fix ourselves and then right. we turn around and teach everybody Here else. Here we go. So yeah. Mine were so, so low. And I'll tell you, you know, I work a lot. I manage and run two offices. I, you know, I have, I have a podcast. Like it's like bam, bam, bam. And, you know, I aggressively mountain bike or run or exercise on the weekends. So looking at me or looking at my lifestyle, you would never think that. But there were some like small clues that were happening. Like I just wasn't as interested as hanging out with friends as I used to be. And I was like, maybe I'm just becoming more of an introvert or I just didn't feel as maybe connected or maybe I could be even more motivated than I am or, you know, yeah. so you, you never know. And, and a lot of times, you know, the people that are really stoic when I see their levels, 
goals and they're doing these incredible things, I tell them that they'll probably run for president or something like when this stuff gets completely cleared out because it, they're already awesome and they're just going to be like a superpower at the end of this. Yeah. So, I mean, it just really helps you to just feel better if your neurochemicals are correct. So I think at the end of the day, you know, the the short answer to your question is, I think it's really, really important to test because everybody has a different tolerance to those, what those levels are. And we all have a different tolerance to tolerance for what works for us. And I've seen people with just small shifts in their serotonin and they completely have a serotonin deficiency. I put them on serotonin or dopamine, you know, X, Y, Z and bam, they're, they're great. They feel fantastic. You know, so I I think it's just patient dependent, but I really run the testing just to figure it out. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with you. I recently do, we do a lot of Dutch tests for hormones Mm -hmm. and they do the oat test at the end. And Mm -hmm. I recently ran one. I I run one on myself every year and my dopamine levels were low. And I was like, what? Like, I'm pretty happy. Like there's a whole nother level I could go to. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Like, Mm -hmm. let's get in and make those dopamine levels go up. So I agree. The testing can be such, so pivotal. So. Because looking at you and how you're functioning is the same thing. Like I would never think, you know, and if I asked you a variety of questions, like if you were dopamine deficient, you'd probably be like, no, 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 no. Well, maybe that one. No, 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 no. Right. right. <laughs> and so, you know, and you will generally see that with with people. And so that's why I think the testing is so, so important. So yes. Yeah, totally agree. So let's talk then, let's dive into dopamine and serotonin. Cause again, these are, these are great neurotransmitters to, to want to improve. And I think, especially when we're dealing right now in a really stressful time and it's easy to look at outside circumstances and think that's why you're not happy and never really realize that your neurotransmitter is, it balances off. So start with dopamine. What does dopamine do? do for us? Where is it produced? How do we get more of it? Like right. where, w- what can we do to enhance dopamine and what is destroying it? I mean, I have so many thoughts on dopamine alone. Okay, so I want to start by just like reading a list of symptoms that are found with dopamine deficiency. Perfect. This is based on Dottis Karazian's work. He is phenomenal when it came to like really pairing out the symptoms of this. So so here, I'm just going to read the Go list that he came up with. So how often do you have feelings of hopelessness? How often do you have self-destructive thoughts? Do you have an inability to handle stress? Very common. Do you have an inability? Do you have anger and aggression while under stress? Do you feel rested or not rested even after long hours of sleep? How often do you prefer to isolate yourself from others? How often do you have an unexplained lack of concern for family and friends? How easily are you distracted from your tasks? How easy, How often do you have an inability to finish tasks? Do you need to consume caffeine to stay alert? You feel like your libido has decreased? You lose your temper for minor reasons or you have feelings of worthlessness? I mean, that is powerful. And I think that a lot of people can find themselves in that situation. And I always like to say that even if, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have it because, you know, I only have one, maybe two of those. But again, that's not true when we look at the testing. So I think the question is, are you being stoic and kind of moving on or is bottom line, you know, that you could feel so much better than you already do. And you're just not 
noticing what's what's causing this. Dopamine is a super powerful neurotransmitter. And there are so many things that actually end up depleting dopamine in our everyday life. Number one, stress is a huge component of depleting dopamine. Nutritional imbalances are a huge part of depleting dopamine. Gut issues will deplete dopamine. Environmental toxins like mold will completely deplete dopamine. Blood sugar changes will deplete dopamine. So really across the board, it's what's going on in your your system. And so it sounds really light duty when I say it that way. But for example, dopamine shares a pathway with some of our adrenal catecholamines. Okay. And so they have to share the pathway for the nutrition that is actually going to run the pathway. And then also your body makes it, you know, makes a decision, okay, like, do we need this or do we need more of this? And so if you're constantly under stress, your body may put that hormone into the catecholamines and you're not, you're not, you don't have enough or as much dopamine, which is what we we'll see under, under chronic stress. Or maybe yeah. you don't have like the transition point to get into your catecholamines or, or something is wrong with that pathway. And so when you look at that, you can say, well, just in a simple situation like that, B vitamins deplete under stress. There's a lot of B vitamins that actually push the dopamine pathways. Mm. So, and, and so ultimately, like, is the stress actually decreasing potentially this pathway where you're not making enough dopamine? The other thing that increases and then depletes dopamine is sugar. So again, what was really crazy, there was a, a rat study that was done. And so they they basically had these rats fast for, I don't remember the time frame. don't quote me on this, but it was like 12 to 18 hours. And then they, well, they had two groups. They gave one group rat chow and, and then they gave another group a sucrose or sugar solution and also rat chow. And so they wanted to measure the dopamine levels in the rats. And so the dopamine levels in the rats that just got the rat chow was totally fine, whatever their rat chow food is. In the, in the sucrose group, they chose to have the sucrose solution first. And, and each day they drank more and more of the sucrose solution. And every day they measured and their dopamine levels a lot of times were 150% above baseline. Okay, but what ends up happening when you do this repeatedly is that the only time, because it, it brings your dopamine levels up and then it brings them down and then it brings them up again and then it brings them down again. So what we'll see with binge eating is that these, these folks, the only time they feel normal is when they're in a binge. And that is the only time that their neurotransmitters are dumping and processing more because that's the only time they actually have a level level of both serotonin and dopamine, which is terrifying. It's the only time that they feel good and, and feel like good about themselves, which is a dadgum shame. So they continue to binge and can't not binge or they have to have the processed sugar or the processed carbohydrates to be able to get through the day, which is, you know, that's a challenging situation. So as a general rule, I mean, those are a lot of the things that will deplete dopamine. And I think, you know, another comment that I get a lot is, well, you know, mold's 
I don't have a mold issue. I mean, I haven't seen mold in my house. Okay. Yeah, we hear that all the time. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, first off, a lot of times you don't see mold and you don't have to see mold to have mold. And also remember that 25% of our food supply is contaminated with. So mm. that's a large portion. So just to, to bring this back, you may be being exposed to mold and you don't know it. There was a really interesting study that was done by the World Health Organization. I guess they had sh- shipped in these breakfast burritos for, and I don't remember the number, it was 16 different schools in seven different states. And and all these kids got really sick, um, cramping, nausea, vomiting, and it was just, it sounds a whole lot like food poisoning, okay? And so they, they wanted to figure out what was going on. So they, they basically pieced this apart and they said, okay, well, what was going on? What could have caused this sickness? So they looked at the fillings and they realized the fillings were different and were sourced from different places. It went everywhere from eggs to chicken to pork to vegetarian. Back to the food industry. Everything right? goes back to the food industry. Back to the food industry. <laughs> so then they said, okay, well, that's really interesting. Since that was sourced from different places, what's the one thing that it had in common? Well had a wheat tortilla in common. Hmm. And guess what? The wheat tortilla was full of mold. And these kids had what looked like, you know, some sort of food poisoning associated with it, but it was mold toxicity. And so that is enough to potentially deplete your dopamine levels. And this, you know, so ultimately, like we have to really look at the entire person when we're looking at neurotransmitters. People, I get, calls a lot like, I just need some dopamine. That's it. I just need some dopamine. I need you to help me. I need some dopamine. And But there's a problem with doing that or people will search out and they'll say, I'm just going to get things that will increase my dopamine levels. And that's just not great because there are some things that can cause toxic byproducts with dopamine. So you have to be really careful about what you're doing. And that cycles back to what's going on in your gut. And there are certain bacterias that will create toxic byproducts in your body or certain people will have high inflammation in their brain and they don't need dopamine. They need to decrease the inflammation in their brain. So when we're looking at this, it's just, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of things that affect it. And so you have to decide which one, or it's generally a multitude of things to really fix the underlying system. And generally I do give, you know, support on those neurotransmitters because it makes people so much more compliant on the diet as long as it's safe, you know, and it starts to, they, they start to get their life back. They start to get happier and they're, they're enjoying the work that they're doing. So I do love to treat neurotransmitters and I treat them all the time, but I just want to be clear that I also run additional testing to make sure what I'm doing is safe. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us, is that we literally 
created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man. One of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So I, it, this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60 and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. And you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. We do the same thing with hormones where I'll say to somebody, especially because we deal with so many menopausal women, I'll say, your testosterone's really low. I'm going to put you on a supplement that's going to boost your testosterone. It's going to be awesome but it's not going to be going after the root cause. So you, and, and that again is where when you step into the alternative health world, you got to shift your paradigm and the way that you look at how you approach your health, because you can easily become a supplement addict just as quickly as you can become a medication addict. And it's really important that we're always going to the root causes, which is, you know, very much in alignment with what you're, you're talking about. And I think that's a really important point. And like when I tell patients, I, I tell them that this is like a story. This is going to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm. And you're going to be on, you know, in, in, menop- in menopause is different. Like, you know, so this is a different, you know, ball game. But when I'm talking about, for example, neurotransmitters, or when I'm talking about, you know, gut health or, you know, fixing X, Y, and Z, you know, mold detox, et cetera, whatever it might be you know, there's going to be a time frame that you're doing this for. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really important that patients know that because I get so many people that come in and they're like, oh, I'm so, you know, I, I was just on these supplements forever and I was never told I hear that all be the time. An yep. And so I think it's really important for people to know that a lot of times if you run the testing, which is so important, please run the testing, then you can look at levels and you can say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's how we fix it. Here's what we do. Here's how long you're on the supplement. It'll save you so much money in the future by not guessing and to actually know like, hey, here's what I need to do. And you're going to feel so much better. And each step in the process, I think folks want a magic diagnosis oh my goodness, it's going to be my diabetes that's causing this. It's going to be, you know, my mold exposure that's causing everything. But the problem is once you've gotten to that point, once you have blood sugar dysregulation and once you have, you know, mold exposure and heavy metal exposure and, you know, the the list goes on and on, right? Neurotransmitter dysfunction. Then ultimately you're to a point where you have to unpack those things one by one, just like you pack those things one by one. And so you have to slowly unpack them. And so I tell people that, hey, 
this is going to be about probably a 20% improvement. This may be 10, this may be 30, but there's nothing that's going to be this magic. Occasionally you get that occasionally when a patient's really young, but generally there's not this magic bullet when you're working with people that have been living life. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that that's an important piece and that that people know that I think eat. people are yeah, I think they're waking up a little bit to it a little more and understanding that. Where where is dopamine primarily produced? Is it in oh, the brain? Is it in the gut? So dopamine is primarily in the gut, but you know, what's been interesting is, you know, we have thought that most of the neurotransmitters are primarily produced in the gut, but more research has been coming out that may contradict that. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So there was with, you asked about dopamine, but serotonin, there was a recent paper that came out that most of the serotonin is actually produced in the brain. Interesting. Okay. What part of the brain? Rafi nuclei. Okay. So, which makes sense, right? Because people are like super upbeat in the summertime and then depressed in the wintertime. So when, you know, when the sun hits it, the serotonin is produced. So I'm wondering if there's going to be more that actually comes out on dopamine here soon, that that's going to be sort of a, a shift or a change. We, we do a lot of gut work and we do a lot of heavy metal detoxing in our clinic. And I'll tell you my, the way I used to think about the gut brain connection was that, you know, we would look at it like in order to have an impact on the, on the brain, you needed to fix the gut. And I've recently seen more of these scenarios where in order for you to have an impact on the gut, you've got to fix the brain. Yes. So, so we'll like <laughs> see people who are constipated and we're like detoxing them and trying to make change their microbiome. And all of a sudden I'll go, okay, forget it. Let's come over to the brain. Let's start healing the brain. And the minute you heal the, heal the brain, all of a sudden the gut issues change. Are you seeing that as well? I, and yeah. And so, you know, I think the dogma is exactly what you've said is that we got to do the gut first, gut first, gut first. And I think that sometimes that's important, like to make sure that they're not constipated when you're detoxing them. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think other than that, I will go after the brain in a big way. If there's brain inflammation, et cetera, I fix that first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fix, you know, I'll fix the neurotransmitters first to just keep them compliant on protocols or yes, but yes, I see the exact same thing. Yeah. And so other than sugar, giving up sugar, what's like one of the greatest things we can do diet wise to get more dopamine? You know, they talk about, you know, tyrosine, which is found in meat products. We eat plenty of tyrosine. So it's not that. That's not the problem. And I, okay. you know, I'd love to just tell people, oh, you know, have some more tyrosine in your food. But we get plenty of that in our everyday diet. So I think it's more coming down to, you know, stress levels, absorption issues, blood sugar issues, you know, nutritional imbalances and exposures. I think yeah. that that's more... What's the worst exposure? You talked about mold. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just oh, want to make sure we... I, I think it's... Mold's the worst. I think so. Yeah. But, but, but that's what I see. So that's right. what I treat. What do you yeah. think's the worst? Yeah. I, I mean, mold is really fascinating to me because those patients that we have that you just... You give them all the right tools and they can't seem to get their brain in a place of hope or even to gain some like positive thought processes to gain some momentum with their healing. And you're like, 
we're like, well, we're giving you everything and you're still feeling so dark. I call it like the dark thinking. That's when I start thinking of mold. I'm like, there's a mold exposure here. There's something that is at play that doesn't make sense because, and especially when we deal again with a lot of women over 40 that are like, there's no reason I'm not happy. There's no reason I'm not healing. And that's when I start thinking about mold. Yeah, I think mold is Satan's bride. Like I really do. And I think that it's it affects a huge, huge part of the population when you start running mycotox tests. Yeah. I would say that I would say that, you know, at least 50% of my patients are affected, if not more, that have had pretty significant mold exposure. Yeah. And generally, most people, when you bring it up, do not believe that they've had any mold exposure. But when you push, I was laughing about this with a patient today, actually. Her house is riddled with mold. And she was like, she she just was cracking up. She And it was the same thing. Like you hit a wall. I'm like, I think it's mold. She went and she got a second opinion with someone else. They did all this hormone work. It like made her terribly worse. She came back and she's like, what if we do these things? I'm like, I think it's mold. I think you need to get your house tested. What about these things? I'm like, nope, I think it's mold. I think you need to get your house tested. I think we need to check your urine. Okay. I'll get my house tested first. Riddled, riddled with mold. And, and and she she was laughing today. She said, I just thought that you were just so stuck on this mold concept. And I'm like, I'm stuck on this mold concept when somebody is doing everything right and they're not getting better, which yeah. was completely your case. And you're willing to do and you're willing to try everything, which is when you're like, something else is, something else is there. there. Because yeah. you're motivated and you would have gotten, you know further along without my help. Yes. You know what I mean with diet and exercise. And so you just have to wonder like, you know, so yes, I think mold is a huge, huge component to dopamine depletion. We've seen that over and over again in the literature that, that it directly goes after dopamine, directly goes after IQ. There were studies in Sweden where like a six-year-old kid, kids were, had no other health conditions. The, the mother had no problems and they, there was visible black mold in their home and their IQ points were much lower as well as like if a mother is exposed when a baby is in the womb, they're much more likely to have atopic dermatitis or eczema, asthma, allergies, respiratory symptoms, like the list goes on and on. So what about heavy metals? Do you see any, uh, have you done any work with heavy metals causing dopamine depletion? I have not dug into that. Uh, they definitely do. But I, I have not dug into that. You know, they are, you know, they're not great. I detox them out when I detox out mold. Everybody yeah. has heavy metals. I mean, yeah. everybody does. So I just basically make that assumption and, and start cleaning them out some worse than others. Yeah. And then, you know, the nutritional testing that I'll do to, you know, say, oh, okay, like you're low in malic acid or you're low in magnesium, et cetera. You know, all, you know, those things also will help, you know, do, so I do it in a roundabout yeah. way, but that's not really my big stick. Yeah, we because we do a lot of heavy metal detox and same thing. We often, will, we, we do it in the reverse. We do heavy metals. And then when we suspect mold, we're like, let's take them both out at the same time. Yeah, that, totally. that makes, that makes okay. sense. So. Totally. So do you see it be a problem with dopamine? Yes. So here's the way I look at heavy metals that we have tested thousands of people 
And the two metals that are in everybody, well, there's actually four metals, but the two that really affect the brain are lead and mercury. And lead is what I call a dumber downer. It just makes your, you depressed. It makes your thoughts slow. So kids that have reading comprehension issues, it can cause like a dull, achy pain. Those, you know, again, we deal with so many menopausal women. It's like that chronic dull, achy pain. So that's where I see lead showing up, depleting dopamine. Mercury is more excitatory. It's more the anxiety. It's more like, you know, they can't sit still. Still, they can't relax. They can't. They can't focus. Those tend to be more. That's more of a mercury issue. Mm-hmm. So, and aluminum. We believe it or not, we do not see a lot of aluminum. I started out this whole heavy metal process thinking I would see aluminum in everybody, and I don't. What about uranium? Do you see it? We see uranium. We see the big four are lead, mercury, cesium, and thallium. Oh. Cesium and thallium are in uh, secondhand smoke. And yeah. thallium will make your hair fall out. And I don't know about cesium and, and any of the neurotransmitters, but those yeah, are the big I four see, we see. I see thallium and definitely uranium, mercury, lead, and aluminum. Yeah, interesting. But there's a plutonium plant here. So I was just, just going to say, I wonder if it's where you live. Yeah. yeah, there's a plutonium plant. And then we have an arsenal that had a ton of... Like there's... They're doing a... This is crazy. They're... The city of Denver is doing a lead reduction program. I saw that. Yeah. And they are actually replacing everybody's pipes into their house and sending people Brita water filters. And someone said, yes. do, you, do, you th- do you think they're to blame? And I was like, I mean, they're not going to be generous generally. No, I, I told you my daughter lives in Denver. And yeah. I was like, I, I was in there one day and there was this Brita filter. And I'm like, what is that? And my her roommate was like, oh, that somebody sent it to us. And I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, the city sent it to you because there's lead. And so I've got her doing a heavy metal detox. I'm like, holy schmoly, that I can't believe that they are admitting it. Admitting it, yeah. <laughs> Blow, I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah they're, they're sending out emails pretty frequently about it and, and educating people about it. And everybody wants to know if they have lead in there and, you know, in the testing. So, yeah. So interesting. Do you yeah. like to do, do you do chelations or are you away we, from chelations? Uh, we do. We use a lot of binders. We use a Z-Lite called Cytodetox. Yep. We do, we take people through like prepare the body. Like it's a whole process. It's a 90 day program. So I, cool. my big belief is that the environment's not getting any less toxic. So we need to teach people how to detox, just like we need to teach people how to eat right. Totally. So the goal is not for people to be addicted to us their whole life. The goal is for people to know how to take their health into their own hands. And if yes. I give you a bunch of pills and say, hey, you've got lead in you, now detox, and you don't understand how to do it or why it's happening, I haven't taught you anything. Mm-hmm. So I haven't empowered you to be your own health advocate. Totally. Yes. So that's 100% what... 100% agree. But it's a lot to teach the lay person how to detox. But once they get it, they can understand the principles. And it's life-changing, just like getting mold out. It is life-changing. Like the the biggest thing we hear, and I'm sure you get this as well, is we hear people say like, you gave me my life back and my brain is working like it did 20 years ago. I, you know, I can't even imagine how sad and sick I was and I didn't even realize it. 
Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's so, so cool, isn't right? it? It's so, so cool. What do you think? Before we go on to serotonin, I one last thought I have on dopamine is what do you think of all this idea around dopamine fasting? And have you heard of that? And like oh. how, so in our phones, like when they ding, oh. they create that they create a dopamine response. So it's our phones, it's the likes on Facebook, it's the number of followers you have, like all the, the social media is creating a dopamine response. So one of the things we're seeing a lot here in Silicon Valley is there is a term coming out called dopamine fasting, where you get off all the electronics, you get off all the social media, you're supposed to completely like bring the sensory input down so that you can reset the those dopamine receptor sites. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's a major, major problem that we are constantly needing the dopamine dump. And right. so, you know, yes, I mean, I think electronics and Facebook and all of that play a huge role. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like a it's like a bump for a short period of time. It's like you're playing the same game as sugar, right? Right. But right. that's, you know, that's when you hear about people like, oh, I didn't get enough likes, so I jumped off a bridge. Like they felt right. worthless. And that's so incredible sad. And so we're seeing people commit suicide, you know, from, you know, not the having enough dopamine. dopamine, right? They don't have enough dopamine. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get the likes that they wanted and that tanked their dopamine levels even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's incredibly sad. I think it's really good to fast yeah. from, from that type of, you know, influence. I mean, in social media is dark right now anyways. Yeah. It's a pretty dark place to be. Yep. And I think that it's causing, I think the news and I think all of that is causing a lot of problems, a lot of depression, just, I think it's becoming an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating su- subject. And I think if we could all take a little dopamine fast, it'd probably be good for all of us. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's go into serotonin. So what's, what is serotonin? What's the difference between that and dopamine? Cause they're both kind of elevating neurotransmitters. So like on Winnie the Pooh, I think of dopamine as Eeyore and I think of more serotonin as a little bit more Pooh Bear, like so more like dopamine or so more deficiency. So serotonin, again, we talked about that that was actually made in the brain. There's going to be a lot of people are, it's pretty recent study. A lot of people will still be saying it's made in the gut, but it is actually made in the brain and the raphe nuclei. It can be stored in the gut. So serotonin type symptoms, just going to read them off. Yeah, so read them. Just yeah. see. All right. Losing your pleasure in hobbies and interests. You feel overwhelmed with ideas of manage to manage. You have feelings of inner rage or anger. You have feelings of paranoia. You feel sad or down for no reason. You feel like you're not enjoying life. You feel like you lack artistic expression. I don't know if that's ever going to come back for me. I don't have any artistic expression. <laughs> you didn't have it in the first place. I don't think I ever had it. <laughs> I you don't think see I did me either. do those paint classes. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> Horrible. You feel depressed in overcast weather. You're losing your enthusiasm for your favorite activities. You're losing your enjoyment for your favorite foods. You're losing enjoyment for friendships and relationships. You have difficulty falling into a deep, restful sleep. You have feelings of dependency on others. You feel more susceptible to pain. You have feelings of unprovoked anger, and you're losing your interest in life. This Mm. is what we think about as a more traditional type depression. So... This is a person that is going to stay on the couch and not Mm. be able to get up and to get motivated. You know, dopamine is going to be the person that just can't 
get to getting their taxes done, right? Mm-hmm. So so this person is just like the typical type of depression that they that you see. And this is why we see it more in the winter months because they don't have the sunlight that is like hitting and, and working. And so with some people, it's actually really helpful to do a light box in the winter time to help. Like a happy light. Mm-hmm, a happy light. Yeah. Yeah. So that can help serotonin production and that can help you feel a little bit better. I've seen that with some patients that really wanted to try that happy light in the wintertime. And we still get sun here, but it's just, and you guys do too. Yeah. But, you know, one of my patients said, you know, she got the happy light and she, she looked at me and she said, is this how you feel all the time? Like, (laughs) is this how you feel all the time? And I'm like, yeah, I think pretty much like I've like feel, I have feelings and you know, it's up and down and I, but, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I feel pretty happy. And she said, this is crazy. (laughs) Just from light, just from light alone. She didn't do any of the neurotransmitters. There was no gut testing, nothing. She was like, I just want to first try, you know, this thing. And we had detoxed out mold. And she's like, I'm feeling so much better. I want to move on to neurotransmitters, but I just want to try a light box first. Great. Okay. She's like, this is amazing. <laughs> do we, so we have receptor sites for serotonin in our eyes. I've heard. Have you heard that? I haven't looked into that, but I, I, I would imagine that's true. Well, so what, one of the things I was curious about, because I had a happy light work really well for me years ago, and it was like I would always get that January kind of blue, and I'm in California, so I really have nothing to complain about as far as weather goes. But when I started to look into serotonin, I saw that we had receptor sites in our eyes for serotonin that get registered when we are out in the light. So then I started wondering, well, if I put my sunglasses on, does that block it? Is that affecting how much it does. Yeah. And so I stopped wearing sunglasses. Mm -hmm. I've heard that it's better not to. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, we always think we have like our, our routine of always putting our sunglasses on, but what if you're not getting the full benefit of light from doing Mm -hmm. that? Mm-hmm. So. You kind of wonder too, and I mean, I don't know how much it's been studied, like how much the the blue light actually is going to affect those neurotransmitters yeah. as well. I mean, I would assume that it makes some sort of a negative impact on it. You know, EMFs, all of these things. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the talking points on it. There hasn't been a ton of research that I feel like I can actually grab into and say, yes, this is X, Y, and Z. But I, I think a lot of that depletes it. And it kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, it does. And what, okay, so what food can we eat to increase serotonin? Is there anything we can munch on? Tryptophan is what is huge for serotonin, which is found in Turkey and, you know, quite a few other foods. But I just, again, I don't think it comes down to diet. I really don't think it's removing the toxicity and the stress. I really think it comes down to just really building up those pathways you know, in removing whatever is hindering it, you know, whatever that might be, inflammation, blood sugar is huge. And most people don't think they have a blood sugar problem. And we see it over and over again, you know, that most people are already trending into metabolic syndrome, huge, hugely. And it's pretty common. And so I think that looking at all of those factors, you know, to say, okay, what does my blood sugar look like? What does my gut health look like? You know, because serotonin, may not be made in the gut like we once thought, but it's stored in the gut. 
So the mm-hmm. gut matters about, mm-hmm. you know, how much serotonin is there, you know? So, and who knows, that might change here soon. <laughs> you never know with research coming out. So I think we have to consider all of these overall factors of what potentially could be depleting it. And, you know, if you look at 50 different patients, it's going to be 50 different answers, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I think that that's like the drive home point is that you really need to look at the testing to figure out what's, you know, what's right for you and not to be doing, you know, serotonin supplements indefinitely or to boost that up indefinitely because you're not ever fixing the pathway. So mm-hmm. a lot of folks are saying, well, I'll just go get on, you know, some 5-HTP or St. John's Ward or whatever it is to boost up serotonin, but you're not ever fixing that pathway or ever fixing the underlying cause of it. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're just going to be in the same cycle over and over again. It's like no different than taking, you know, a statin for high cholesterol. Yeah. It's, we're so used to putting stuff again back into us to make us intelligent. And this is what I love about fasting is that you can, it's so cool because you can basically take a non-believer who is like, my body's breaking down, my brain's breaking down. You can remove food and you can put them through a fast and they can literally tap into the miracle that their body was meant to be. And they just all of a sudden go, whoa, I didn't know that my body had that capability. And it's really cool to watch. Fasting resets neurotransmitters. Yeah, a forty-eight hour fast is what I saw. Will I saw mm-hmm. some science showing that it will reset the dopamine receptor sites and it creates new receptor sites for dopamine. It's, and I mean, you think about how you feel, like so when in you know, people are much more clear thinking, they're much more motivated, their symptoms really change like throughout the fast, right? And so I think it's, yeah, it's it's pretty powerful medicine to be able to fast. So, I mean, I think if there's one thing that you do to help with some of your neurotransmitters and like really resetting your body, I think it's more fasting. I think fasting is way more powerful than saying, have a seat and have some turkey, Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> sit, sit, yeah, sit, have a like a turkey or whatnot. And yeah, and you know, folks are saying, you know, oh, you know, at Thanksgiving, I get really tired because we've had, you know, turkey. And so that's pushing the serotonin. What I think is happening at Thanksgiving is you're blowing your blood sugar and you are hyperglycemic after that and your blood sugar spiked up probably, you know, 50 points after that meal or 60 points or something like that you're not used to specifically, or maybe even a hundred points. And that's why you're tired. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because you sure. ate too much. After. Sure. And so, you know, so that's, I think the bottom line is like just to get the testing and to make sure, but I think fasting is pretty powerful when it comes to neurotransmitters. Helps with satiety, which is where acetylcholine comes into play. And and so that is actually going to stabilize quite a bit. Yeah. Well, we're big fasting fans. What about about like hacks, like hyperbaric oxygen, chiropractic? Are there things that we can do these, like this whole world of biohacking is emerging now where we can like hack into our intelligence. Anything you've seen that works that will help increase dopamine from a biohacking standpoint? Or are we still back at, let's just remove the interferences? I mean, I think chiropractic is very powerful. I think it's very powerful medicine. And, you know, I do see a huge change in mood after people get adjusted 
I think that 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 definitely does work. I think more oxygen is very, very helpful. You know, I think hyperbaric oxygen chambers can be helpful. I mean, the the question is, you know, why? Is it because it's removing infections? Like, what is it, you know, what is it that is like the powerful factor in that? You know, I think fasting is, I think that's one of my most incredible hacks is doing the fasting piece. And I think exercise is a super duper powerful hack for neurotransmitters. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a huge, huge hack. So, I mean, somebody that's sitting around staring at the news, staring at Facebook or going out and exercising, you're going to see a big difference in mood and overall health and community Mm-hmm. And like making, oh, yeah. you know, having connection and community is really important for your neurotransmitter status. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that those things, I mean, I think community, I think exercise, and this is going to be crazy and I'm just going to say it, but one thing that I think really helps is, you know, getting in touch with your feelings and really mm-hmm. feeling like, what are you mad about? What are you pissed off about? And, and really digging be- beyond that and saying, okay, I'm pissed about something. What am I really sad about? What, mm. what, what's beyond that level? And can I get through this on my own? Do I need some help? Like, how do I unpack this for myself? But really looking at this as a multifactorial step and to say, okay, what else can I do? And how, you've got to get your lifestyle better. The lifestyle mm-hmm. changes just have to happen. And one thing that's really important for all of this is you have to sleep. Like Mm -hmm. people want to just change their diet. You can't, if you're not sleeping and you change your diet, like, I don't know, you're going to be at like 50% improved, maybe, maybe. So sleep is so, so important. So looking at these things to change your lifestyle, these things that you can control, your sleep, your exercise, your community, your connection, your, your emotions, like how much you're spending on the phone, on the TV, what you're watching. And, you know, I think those things are just incredibly important to not yeah, overlook. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, so let's finish up with this thought. I always like to customize five very specific questions for my guests. So okay. here's my first question to you. If you had to choose between dopamine or serotonin, you couldn't have them both. You could only have one of those neurotransmitters. What would Easy. you choose? Dopamine. Oh, and why would you choose it? <laughs> because, I mean, I want to feel worthwhile. I want to be motivated. I want to be excited. And I just, yeah, I love the feeling of dopamine. Yep. Personally, over serotonin, that's just me. Yep. Oh, I totally agree. Okay. What's your favorite dopamine hack? If you could like, you're right here right now. You're, you're talking to me. Let's say you get off there, off this interview and you're like, "Ah, I just am not feeling my like tip top dopamine self. Do you have Mm -hmm. a hack that you use to raise your dopamine? Yeah, I've got two or I've got a couple. I, I exercise. I think exercise is really important. Sex is really important. So exercise sex. And I think that, you know, I take dopamine supplementation if I need it. And so that's, that's kind of, those are my hacks for dopamine. Okay. Awesome. You need to bring Susan Branton onto your podcast. She is a sex advisor. We brought her on and talked to her and she will blow your mind on (laughs) the neurophysiology behind sex. So we'll, we'll connect you guys. Cool. So, okay. What's the one habit that you do that you feel like, oh, I'm going to do this, but it's going to deplete my dopamine. I know it is. I push myself to the absolute limit 
Like, so I think I push and push and push. And so I basically do every day like that. So why, I mean, so my lifestyle is a little bit more stressful. And so with, you know, seeing patients and like the caseload and the level of cases, and I will push because I really want to make the cases a priority. And so I will push myself probably beyond my limits. Yeah. Rushing woman syndrome. Rushing woman syndrome. (laughs) It is definitely a dopamine, definitely Mm -hmm. a dopamine depleter. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I've yes. been I've been her. I've yeah. I've no, that's been actually the gift of the pandemic for me is how much I've been forced to slow down, travel, all that stuff has just come to a screeching halt. And it's really created a lot, a, a different pace in my life. And wow, dopamine definitely has gone up because the pace has gone down. And pace is huge. Really, really interesting. So mm-hmm. Okay. And if you had one message for the world, like you could just implant into everybody's brain as you could shout it from the tallest mountain, what would that message be? Don't rule out mold. Like always make sure you double check to make sure, even if you live in a dry climate and it's not because you're getting older. Mm, yep. And and that so ties into my menopause journey. I really was like so frustrated in my mid 40s with my hormones. And all I kept being told by the top experts was, oh, you're going through, it's perimenopause, it's perimenopause. And once you understand how intelligent our bodies are, you will not accept limiting beliefs like that. So mm-hmm. I so limiting. Yeah, so limiting. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Yeah. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and for educating. Me. Yeah, my my resetter crew will just love this. And where can people find you? So you can find us. We have a podcast called Fearless Health Podcast. We also have a practice in Longmont and Denver called Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic. And the website is Alt, A-L-T, Fam, F-A-M, Med, M-E-D. Great. Yeah. Well, we will link everything in the notes. And I just appreciate you taking time and we'll send you back to your rushing woman life now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thank have you. a great All one. Right. Thank, you. Thank you. Bye. All right, Resetters, we discussed some awesome things in today's episode. I hope that your knowledge of serotonin and dopamine just got expanded as mine did. I want to discuss the two things that we talked about really in the back half of this episode, mold and heavy metals. And because I interact with many of you on lots of different platforms, whether you're emailing or social media or feedback that we hear in our Reset Academy, I know that there's a lot of you out there that have tried everything. You've tried fasting and diet variation and pathogen purging and water fasting, coffee enemas, lymph drainage, like you've done everything and yet you're still not feeling well or you're still suffering with a condition. And if that's you, I really, really, really want you to consider that heavy metals or mold or both could be two key pieces to your health puzzle. I have sat next to Dr. Mindy for years interpreting thousands of heavy metal tests and they all come back with some amount of metals being found in the body. And now, I mean, if you follow Dr. Mindy on her social media, you know that no baby born into this world has less than like 200 200 different plastics in them. A brand new baby. You guys, we are living in the most toxic time in human history. I know you've heard Dr. Mindy say that. If we could scream one message from the rooftop, the mountains, that would be ours. And so if you're sitting here listening to this and you've tried 
numerous of things. I really want you to consider that heavy metals or mold could be a missing key to your health puzzle. And so what we are doing today is we are offering our listeners $50 off our mysotoxin and our heavy metal test. The mysotoxin test is our mold test. So if you want to look into those and see if those could be contributing to what you're currently experiencing with your health, you can use the coupon code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at drmendypels.com. Now, if you already know that heavy metals or mold could be an issue, or you're considering that they're probably an issue, I would first go encourage you to go back and listen to, we have three other episodes on this podcast about heavy metals. Dr. Pompa, I think he was episode number three. He's toward the beginning. We really dive into what are heavy metals and how are they affecting the body. We did a great interview with Rachel Galloway, one of our toxin reset leaders, about her her journey with heavy metals. And then we just did one a couple of weeks ago with Susan Moneas, who had MS and the role that heavy metals played in her condition. And so I encourage you to go listen to those. But if you are sitting here knowing that those are already issues that are playing a component in your current health state, I would really encourage you to join our toxin reset program. And today we are offering our listeners $300 off that program. So you can use the same coupon code podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I will add the links to those tests to that program in the show notes below. We would love to have you. Our mission is to not only empower people to take control of their health, but to make this make this world a healthier place. And again, we're living in the most toxic time in human history. And so teaching you guys the tools needed to detox this crap, the metals, the plastics, the glyphosate, the toxins that our bodies are constantly being bombarded with. We want to teach you those principles. So join us over there if you are ready to embark on that next part of your health journey. Okay, resetters. So I wanted to kind of come and unpack that conversation because it's really fascinating. One of the questions I wanted to ask her that we just didn't have time for was how many marriages and relationships have died because of a lack of neurotransmitters? Ooh, that's a deep question. I I am sure... Probably something nobody ever considers that their marriage ended due to lack of dopamine. Right? Like what think about it for a second. Like if you're not feeling joy, if you're feeling unmotivated, if you're if those trans neurotransmitters are off and your brain is working differently, it's we're so conditioned to think that everything is outside of us, mm-hmm. that it's gotta be a problem with our relationships or our job or or you know, we wanna point fingers, but what if the real di- the real issue was just actually inside your own neurophysiology. Right. Well, I thought that too about mold. I think going back to what you just said about, I think it's easy when you can, like you can actually see something. So like your marriage Mm. or, you, you know, the pandemic or whatever, like it's something that you can like see even, you know what I mean? Something you can see and put a finger on, whereas your neurotransmitters aren't something you can see. Mold's not something you can see. So it's, I think it's hard for people to make that connection. 
It, that is so true, especially on the topic of mold and resetters. I know we haven't talked about mold enough and on this on this podcast, and we really should because when we do our toxin reset detox with people, we see mold show up all the time. And just like she said, it is one of those things that really you just you it comes out of nowhere, but when you identify, it's life changing when you get it out. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, we do need to get somebody on here to talk about mold more in depth, but she even mentioned it. We've had people that have seen black mold in their shower in their house and they think it's no big whoop, but right. they, but I mean, it's highly toxic to the human yep. body. And if you're suffering and you're having neurotransmitter issues or depression, or you're unhappy, people aren't realizing that that mold gets stuck up there in that brain and yep. it causes a bunch of issues. Yeah, some one of the things that I always tell people, and I don't even know if this is the accurate percentages, but you can kind of, it gets us in the ballpark. I think happiness is like 25% our genetics. And by that, I mean like how you were modeled to be happy. I think it's about 25% your circumstance. And then I think it's about 50% your physiology. And I'm basing that off the fact that I can sit it, and I know you've seen this too, Jess, like we could sit with a with a client who has everything to be joyful for in life. Like every, and we hear this with women going through menopause all the time. Like there is nothing for me to not be joyful for. And yet they're still unhappy mm-hmm. and, or they still don't have a level of satisfaction and self-worth and all of those emotions, I think often can be a neurotransmitter imbalance. And we just don't talk about it enough. Right. Well, and you know, it just, it's adding, like she talked about with the lifestyle, there's so many pieces to either happiness or to feeling healthy. And so you've got to be willing to look at all those pieces. So if you're talking about the, what you just split up 25%, you know, how you were raised, 25% circumstances, 50% physiology. You have to be willing to look at each one of those categories and understand how you're doing in all those categories, you know, before you just start blaming it on one thing. On one thing. Yeah. And that I do see, I saw that come through the thread of the conversation. And I really appreciated that. I kept trying to like, give me the one thing, you know, because I do <laughs> like the one thing. And she was, I love how committed she was to the lifestyle that needs to be there in order for these neurotransmitters to be balanced. And I think we also are in alignment with how she, it's like removing the interference removing the imbalance so the body can work the way that it's meant to work. And we are not, we do not live in a healthcare system that does that. We live in a healthcare system that's like, let's put something in to change the body. And you heard her keep coming back to that. Mm-hmm. And I and I really appreciate that. Well, and it's our love language, right? We always talk about removing chemical, physical, and emotional interferences and how you've got to be looking at all three of those in order yeah. for your you know, your body to be in balance, for you to have a happy life, for you to be healthy. What'd you think? Got a whole what, picture. What'd you think of the, the list she read of the symptoms? Were you, were you analyzing yourself and going, huh, I might have a little dopamine serotonin issue. <laughs> yeah, maybe on a couple of those. But I think most people are going to identify with one thing on those lists. Yeah. 
When she read the dopamine one, I was like, oh, no, don't have that. Don't have that. Ooh, I have that. And then I was like, when she got done with the list, I'm like, no, I don't have a dopamine problem. And then she's like, you may, some people will listen to that list and think I don't have a dopamine problem. And I was like, oh yeah, that, that's me. That would be me. (laughs) So going back to the, you just push through and, you know, don't care, but yeah. yeah. So that was pretty funny. And then the serotonin was another one. I just, I think we can all resonate with different pieces there. So yes, absolutely. So, yeah. I also love that she, uh, she brought up one of her favorite hacks was sex. I was oh, like, yeah. I was not expecting her to say that. No, I wasn't either. I wasn't either, but she was like clear and like, yep, this is it. So, and she was also clear she'd take dopamine over serotonin. Yes. I think you would too. I think I would too. Well, I mean, I think sure. you said that, but Yeah. 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 No, this is why when I got my organic acids test back, I was like, whoa, okay, there's another level of dopamine I can go to here. So I'm sure we need to see Mindy yeah. at that level. Right, exactly. I actually think I need to run a mold test on myself now because I, I live in an old home. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what that mycotoxins test looks like for me. Yeah, so. that's a good idea. Yeah. But this was great. So resetters, let us know. Again, we love to bring you interesting topics. And uh, as always, we want you to believe in yourself. So hopefully that you got some some insight. And what we're really hoping is that instead of blaming circumstances, that you are take information like this and realize how powerful you are and how much control you have. And that you don't have to have your circumstance change in order for you to be fulfilled and happy and living the life you've always dreamed of. So I hope you enjoyed it. You put the whole foods in, you take all empty foods out, you put organic food in, and you shake bad toxins out. You eat ketobiotic and your microbiome shouts. That's what it's all about. You put fast cycling in, you take overeating out, you seven fast types out you download carb manager where your food is all graphed out that's what it's all about that's what resetting is all about